covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Guys, I hope you enjoyed the weekend. I most certainly did. Uh, there was no stressful Sunday, which even made it better was the long weekend to go ahead and celebrate Thursday night's victory. Uh, we're going to get into it here quickly. My guest here this evening from the Browns Wire, you guys may have heard me. I joined his podcast. I wanted to make sure I got Mac here on with me on Locked On Browns. Mac Robinson, and guys, here's the something you don't know. Obviously, there's plenty of people, I'm sure, who've been in that stadium for the last two Cleveland Browns victories. But Mac Robinson is one of those. So John Dorsey, <laughs> uh, anybody, you know, you need a good luck charm. You know, Mac will always take a free ticket if you want to throw it his way. But Mac, I'm glad you could pop in tonight. How's everything going, buddy? Going good, going good. Uh, finally had, like you mentioned, just a stress-free Sunday, able to kind of take it all in. And once again, just still kind of riding that Browns win high here since uh, since Thursday night. Uh, first thing I want to get to, um, look, obviously you're in the building, uh, you know, so you were there. What was the, I mean, it really popped on television, so I can only imagine what it must have felt like being in that stadium Thursday night. I mean, look, it, it was tough that, Tyrod was hurt, and everybody kind of, and you know, like some people get confused. You know, you, you hear the cheering, everybody gets a little excited. It's a little <coughs> different, guys. Nobody was cheering against Tyrod. It was the fact that the number one overall pick was getting come to come into the game. But you know, what did it feel like, Mac, knowing that you were there, going to get to see his first reps ever, and just to see the way everybody in the stadium kind of handled it? Well, I mean, for me, when I was taking a look at the way that Tyrod. With the way, obviously, he, he did not look good early, and that was evident to everybody there. But really, you could feel the crowd kind of getting more and more anxious and kind of more and more unrest in the entire crowd. But getting a chance to finally see Baker coming in, I, and he, here's a little factoid for you. I, I know you didn't know this going into it, but I actually was also there for Johnny Manziel's first start. Oh, so, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, I'm getting all of the looks there, so... For me, going and seeing Baker come into the game, it you could feel the crowd. Once again, you could feel it throughout the entire stadium, just the entire wave of, I wasn't sure if Tyrod was going to stay in the game. If he was going to stay in the game, I thought people were going to leave by midway through the third quarter. But with the way that once Baker came in, everybody came back into it and everybody was going. Yeah, it almost seemed like it was a sobriety check. Like, you know, even if you were like t- at the tipping point, all of a sudden now the adrenaline got going. It got really loud, and I, look, I, I can co- understand totally where you're coming from, that people were walking away. It was, look, we were all excited for the game. We thought we had a really good chance. Uh, you know, the defense, you know, obviously gave up some points, but, you know, they were playing tough. You could see, you know, here it was, and look, I, I started worried about it after week one with Tyrod Taylor. Uh, you know, I thought that he wasn't doing enough, and you could easily just say, we're going to play our number one overall pick, who's a quarterback of the future, and you know what? We'd rather see him play like the rookie than the veteran we brought in. But, you know, be that as it may. But the game itself on Thursday night, just watching it from an offensive standpoint, it was the same thing we had seen the two weeks previous. You know, not willing to take a chance, you know, relying on his legs more, you know, but taking sacks that a veteran athletic quarterback shouldn't take. But it was literally like micro-machine speed when Baker got in, when Baker got in there. You know, throwing to spots on the field we haven't really even seen attack this season. You know, between the hashes, you know, the 10 to 20 yard zone, just doing it all, and it, it just came out humming. And the game literally felt like it went from you know just an incredible pace. It, it was just a difference, and you could see the positivity, and you could just see how big that field goal was before half. Because this defense, as great as they've been, you, you were a little concerned that they were going to get to a tipping point where 
no matter what we do, it's not enough. Yeah, and, and that was the one thing, too, is that it almost felt like they were getting out there too much just because of the way the offense wasn't necessarily succeeding. And, I mean, you mentioned it with Baker, the fact that it seemed like, at least for the fans, I heard some fans that were saying, did Todd, did Todd Haley bring out a completely different playbook for, for Baker Mayfield? And honestly, sitting there and watching, it looked like it, but in going back and looking at some of these things, it really wasn't. And for me, it was just looking at it, and it was a lot of the stuff that I liked for from Baker coming out of Oklahoma, which was the progression through a lot of his reads and the ability to not only see the target and go through and see through his progressions, but be able to hit on some of those windows that Tyrod was just to be quite, to be quite honest, was too afraid to hit. I think the biggest one were the two completions to David Najoku. Um, Now David, as much as we all love him, he's a ridiculous, fantastic athlete. He is not the pure pass runner, pass, uh, I'm sorry, uh, route runner yet. So where can he feast? He can feast in that 10 to 20 you know, yard zone over the middle, and what, you know, he has the height, he has the arm length, so as long as you get it over the linebacker, and you keep it below the safety, I mean, if we saw anything week one against the Giants, safeties don't want to hit David Najoku, because they're afraid it might end their day to a stinger, or a shoulder, or anything of that nature, but I think it was big, you know, you saw Jarvis Landry on the deep crossing patterns as well, it was just, Baker is going to attack the area that is open for attack, I also think that Baker Mayfield was much more prepared pre-snap. I think he he was seeing things faster, seeing things at a quicker pace that Tyrod wasn't. And you it, people with the playbook, whether it was this or it wasn't that, look, the eye in the sky, these guys get, they, they know, and Tyrod, oh, uh, it, it wasn't there. And, you know, it goes back to the old things I remember with Peyton Manning, you know, like he went home after his rookie year and told his dad, man, I don't know if I'm ever going to make it this league. Nobody's ever open. And his dad, well, they're sort of open, and you got to find that one slither of a window where they are open, and that's where you throw it to, and that's how it works in this league. Yeah, and, and that was the one thing, and I'm glad you mentioned Ajoku too, because that was one of the key plays that really reminded me of Baker's tape at Oklahoma where you saw him look to the outside, you saw him look to Callaway, you saw him look to Jarvis, and then you end up seeing him finding Najoku where he wasn't quite open, but the ability to place the ball right over top of the linebacker right before the safety got to him, and really he did a great job getting bringing that ball in. And I'm going to have an article coming up here this week about three of the Browns that I think end up doing a lot better and benefiting from Baker Mayfield being in there starting. And Najoku is one of them because I think you mentioned that his athleticism, and from being out there the past two years at training camp, Najoku looks like a the body of a Greek god because the way that he has <laughs> the size, he has the speed, and I mean, I know Jeff Rizzi and I have talked about it, but his muscles have muscles. So, like, he, he is an absolute freak of nature, and so if you're able to get the ball to him in that 10 to 20 yard range, I think he's going to be able to have a breakout year here going forward. Absolutely, um, and he's like the kind of guy. If he shows up at the beach, everybody else puts their shirt on. He shows up <laughs> at the pool; it, it, it's over. If you saw somebody you thought was kind of cute, it's just not happening. Don't even bother. <laughs> just be embarrassed by yourself, guys. You know, since I've taken over this podcast, a lot of people have asked me football advice, fantasy advice, betting advice. Look, I can give you my opinion, but I I can't guarantee you winners. But one thing I can guarantee you is who you're betting on is just as important as who you were betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. These guys, I trust these guys. They are the best in they are the best in the business for a reason. 
They have been in business for many years. They have great online reviews and the mobile site is very simple and easy to use. Uh, I would only recommend a site that's been good to me in the past. I don't bet a lot of games, but when I do, I use MyBookie. That's why I'm urging you to use, uh, send your way to MyBookie. You win, they pay, simple enough, no headaches. They have in-game, live betting, over/under on fantasy players points scored, which is one of my favorite as- in the be- one of my favorite aspects of it. And they have the best player perks in the business. MyBookie, MyBookie.com right now is slammed with new business, so they're going to cut you a break. Not only are they going to get you one break, I'm going to get you two breaks. My bookie, they're so slammed that it, they get a la, they get a, a little bit of a lockdown after 7 p.m. Eastern. So if you sign in at 7 p.m. Eastern, they will give you a free $25. Now the one thing MyBookie.com is always con- will continue to do, guys, whatever money you put in with your initial down payment, they will match it. So $150, they're going to match the $150. You get $300. You also get the $25 on top of that. So if you're looking to wager, you're looking for a new home, I suggest. MyBookie.com. We have a new promo code, uh, promo code for you guys with this. It is now locked on capital L capital O twenty five. Locked on twenty five is your promo code for MyBookie.com. It is like it spells M Y B O O K I E dot com. MyBookie.com. You play, you win, you get paid. Take advantage of the seven seven p.m. Eastern. Go ahead and do it after dinner, or do it after you put the kids to bed. Whatever you need to do, but go ahead, take that extra free twenty five dollars. Take it to your advantage. Now, Mac, I do want to start peeking ahead here. Um, I think most of us who cover this team, we really felt there was a good shot that Thursday night was a winnable game. Every show, and I was a busy guy, obviously, here in Jersey with my Jet Ties, talking Jets-Browns. Everywhere I went on, I thought the Browns could win the game. Um, I just felt the defensive line was going to be the difference against that Jet offensive line. They're a bunch of veteran guys, but they're just a bunch of veteran guys. Neither one, None of the five were you know big guys at the position. So the defensive line did what they needed to do. You know, luckily Baker came in for the B12 shot here. But now we're going on the road here, and we're going to Oakland. And you know, way before your Mac time, your time Mac, this used to be a really <laughs> good rivalry: the Oakland Raiders and the Cleveland Browns. Uh, everyone's gonna have. I mean, look, Browns are one, one, and one. People are still gonna have their jokes, and that's fine. Let them make their jokes. Us, uh, us who cover and watch and and read everything, we're pretty positive on where we think this is going. But this is certainly now yet another winnable game, and Baker Mayfield gets to go out. And it, obviously, you know Oakland most likely, you know, you get that one rarity once every two years where the weather's crappy. But all things should be a beautiful setup, except for that ugly ass infield in Oakland. I can't wait till they get to Vegas because there's nothing worse <laughs> than I see that a quarterback getting sacked at second base. It just annoys me. <laughs> but Mac, we're headed out there, and this is now a game that looks very, very winnable. And my golly, we could be at the quarter point. Two one and one. Yeah, and it, it's a rare point where I mean, it, it seems like the twilight zone right here. Where I mean, as we're recording this, we've got the Steelers and Buccaneers going. Where if Pittsburgh loses tonight, the Cleveland Browns could be ahead of Pittsburgh. Game and a half lead. Thought yeah, game and, a half lead. and the Pittsburgh Steelers are the only team in the division without a win. I mean, that that's where it, it just seems mind-boggling to me. But especially going into this game, I think that you take a look at some of the advantages that the Browns have, and I look at Miles Garrett going up against Colton Miller on the offensive line. And I think Miles Garrett is absolutely salivating at this game because, I mean, you've seen some of the people on Twitter mention the fact that uh, Miller, you see kind of the false starts from him a little bit. I haven't gotten a chance to dive too too much into Oakland yet. I'm planning on doing that in the next day or so. But 
the fact that Colton Miller, you see him as a rookie on the left side as well as you have that interior. So maybe you might see that kind of on again, off again between Larry Ogunjobi and Miles Garrett. Maybe Miles finally gets the back to back to sack game, but it'll be interesting to see with them. And I think it will be a tough task for this or it, I wouldn't say a tough task, but I would say that this defense is going to have their work cut out for them going up against an Amari Cooper, going up against a Jordy Nelson, and even a Marshawn Lynch running the ball. It's going to be an interesting game here going forward. And the thing you're going to have to worry about is, look, uh, you know, not not many people go 0-16, guys. Enjoy the <laughs> joke. I meant it kind of a little bit tongue-in-cheek like that. But eventually, the, Oakland's going to catch somebody here. And look, for three weeks in, they let it to half each and every week. So they can do some things, and it's kind of funny that three weeks in, they were ahead of each game at the half, and maybe if you had a standout defensive player who could close out a ball game, maybe you would have won one of these two. So Bears fans rejoice, and look, that is a move I will never, ever understand. What is the most coveted thing when you are building a roster you're looking for? You're looking for a quarterback, you're looking for a dominant pass rusher. So I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, John Gruden mentioned it, saying that uh, pass rushers are very are uh, difficult to find. So when you get them, you better be happy that you got them. And clearly, they weren't happy that they had one. So, um, but and I also kind of made a joke here on one of the stations when I called in. But um, the fact that I said if I ended up going out to the Raiders game, I'd be the best Mac in Oakland. So uh, <laughs> you're the only one too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but th- that's the kind of like the the thing that I'm looking at for this team is the fact that this offense, the Browns' offensive line, I think that they need to. They're going to be looking at this as a positive matchup for them, but they also can't be caught sleeping in this one because this could be one of those trap games for them. I, I do agree, and the thing is, you can't go in there, you know, riding high that you just won a ball game against the New York Jets. You have to understand, you know that. Week in, week out, every team, regardless, and even though this team is 0-3 and doesn't look very good right now, you do have to play the games. And, you know, if you need a concrete evidence, it's the Buffalo Bills not going to live in daylights out of the Minnesota Vikings yesterday. So that is where you walk into this game with a little trepidation. Uh, I do want to see, uh, offensively, um, you know, Carlos Hyde had had me down. But I do think with Baker Mayfield, I think this is going to open up the running game. Because the one thing you saw the Jets do right away, and if there's anything the New York Jets knew in that first, you know, almost 28 and a half minutes, they knew Tyrod Taylor. They played him a ton. They knew how to defend him. They brought the house. They kind of just stopped doing that with Baker. Because A, they didn't really know him. Uh, B, obviously that team heavily, heavily scouted him. Because, you know, most, I mean, the, almost the entire draft process up until the Wednesday before the draft, it seemed Sam Darnold was going to be a Cleveland Brown, Baker Mayfield was going to go number three to the New York Jets. It seemed that that writing was on the wall. So they knew this player, they knew what he was capable of. But, you know, I, I, now can we hopefully get everybody involved? Can we get some Nick Chubb? Can we get some Duke Johnson? I think with Tyrod, you saw that he, he you know, I don't want to say the full playbook, but. I don't think you wanted to keep throwing new and more and more and more on his plate. You know, Tyrod's kind of a simple guy. Uh, you know, he, he can throw the deep ball, which he didn't do much, uh, obviously, except for that huge one at Callaway in, in New Orleans. But now, hopefully, we can start to sprinkle in. And this is what the important thing is with the 10 days off. 
Baker's riding high, so you know he is in Todd Haley's ear every second of every day. What are we doing? What do we got? What are we doing? So I want to see more of this, and hopefully this is where we can get to see, you know, Callaway develop even more. You know, because that route he ran Thursday night has got to be a heartbreaker for the kid because he knows he's beating people deep and didn't have a guy who could pick up on it fast enough. Rashard Higgins looked really solid with Baker Mayfield. The continual emergence of David Njoku, guys, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to stop harping on this. This guy should be able to put up numbers like one of the top tight, five tight ends in the NFL. Yeah, and I completely agree with you there. And one thing on Higgins is the fact that, like I mentioned, I was at Brown training camp this, this season too, and I saw a really great connection between Baker and Higgins when they were both working with the twos. And you really got to see that kind of connection really flourish here in this game as well, where it kind of kept on going and you kept on seeing that connection time and time again. And you saw that chemistry in the preseason and also in the preseason, you had a, a touchdown from Baker to Najoku in that game against the Giants week one and so really I'm thinking that this team especially with Baker you see the good chemistry and you see that Baker is one of those guys and I mentioned this in my and pre-draft stuff as well for me but Baker Mayfield he's one of those guys who has that kind of galvanizing nature to him where even on not just on offense but you could see it in the crowd where they showed him on the jumbotron too but he's going up talking to Demarius Randall talking to Denzel Ward Miles Garrett Larry Ogunjobi all these guys on defense getting them hyped up to go out back on the field after the touchdown and he's one of those guys that really brings everybody together and not just does and doesn't only do that but also brings the best out of every single player yeah and and that's the one thing and, and I think if that's anything I noticed with um you know, with 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 him at Oklahoma, I mean, now he was a, he was a transfer, walked in, and all of a sudden it was like he took over. You know, and it, it, you know, normally you don't transfer from Texas Tech to Oklahoma. Most of the time, it's the other way around. Like you're not getting playing time at Oklahoma, so you're <laughs> going to go play at Texas Tech. And this is one thing. Um, I had Damian Ratley on. You know, after shortly after he got drafted, and he's like, "Well, no, I I, I kind of know of Baker Mayfield pretty well." And I didn't think about it, didn't put two and two together, but Damian Ratley had played uh, Juco ball with D.D. Westbrook. So he knew of Baker Mayfield really well, and he's like, look, everything you know that, that I've been told and I've heard, and obviously you know, they grew up in Texas, is you know, it, it never matched the persona of that stupid Manziel thing that everybody was trying to pin on him, which, was, I mean, which, which is fine because it's all dead in the water now. But mm-hmm. like anybody that you really talk to who knew Baker Mayfield, it wasn't coming off that way. It was just that he is this guy. And, you know, and it, it, I had a couple people tell me, like, he almost plays football with a linebacker mentality, which you can understand with his size, how he's succeeding, you know, in a position that normally, you know, people prefer the size aspect of it. But it is the fact that he truly is, you know, he's the consummate teammate as long as, as well as being the leader at the quarterback position. So it's great to see in that respect. Guys, the Lockdown NFL podcast, Matt Williamson does a fantastic job with that show. Uh, the Monday show is, you know, the biggest stories of the weekend. Maybe because we played Thursday night. I didn't get the call this week, Matt. It's okay, though. It's okay. You've had me on before. Um, Tuesdays, uh, Sage Rosenfels, uh, you know, former NFL quarterback. So, you know, obviously with all these uh, young rookie quarterbacks, you're going to get some great stuff from Sage Rosenfeld. Wednesday, Mike Rutter from PFF. Obviously, you know, they'll go over, you know, some guys who stood out, some guys who didn't stand out. You get all that stuff. Mike Sando, ESPN on Thursdays. Uh, you know, Matt's going to do pick him shows on Friday, give you the uh, his picks for the entire weekend. i got to check those out because I've been really doing terrible in some office pulls here, so i got to check that out a little bit. The Lockdown NFL Podcast with Matt Williamson. He does a fantastic job, guys. Get it in the rotation. 
Uh, no, Mac, we're going to take it home here shortly. But f from where we are uh, in, in, in the thought process over the summer, you know, now you obviously you've been around this team, you know, basically now your whole life. One, one, and one. Uh, are you happy? Are you satisfied from what we saw, you know, training camp, preseason why? The 31 of the new 53, and I think even now that number might even be a little bit higher, obviously. But mm -hmm. one, one, and one. Are you okay with this? Are you good? I mean, do you have a gripe? Oh, so where I'm sitting at, I'm looking at this as this is a positive step, but we can do better because yeah, you look I at mean, the one thing that bothers me is so many people are that well, they could be three and zero. Just just chill with that. So many yeah. things could have happened otherwise, and you know. So I mean, there's a lot to do with that. So uh, you know, one, one, and one. I'm okay, but go ahead. Yeah, no, I I mean with. With what we've seen over the past five years, this has been probably the most positive that we can really be with this team. And I understand that some people want to be more more critical than others when it comes to some of this overall. But for me, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking that for once, it looks like you finally have your quarterback position set. You have options on the outside with wide receivers between Landry, between Higgins, and between Callaway even, too. And you've also, like we mentioned, David Ajoku looks good. You have weapons on the offense. The defense looks great. I mean, Denzel Ward has been phenomenal. Demarius Randall has been the one of, if not the most underrated addition to this team this offseason. And also, too, you have a guy who has been solid in Terrence Mitchell on the outside, too, opposite yeah, of Denzel absolutely. Ward. One guy, and, one guy with Terrence Mitchell, because there was so many guys that were brought in as the to be the number two cornerback, and nobody knew who was going to step up. But Terrence Mitchell, I mean, and now this is three weeks in a row, making a ton of plays. Yeah, for sure. And it's especially the key interception to end the game and seal the game on Thursday night. But Mitchell has also kind of brought that attitude that you kind of like there on the outside as well. But for me, I'm looking at the rest of this team, and I think that this team is pretty much set in place. The only thing that you were really missing was that quarterback position, and then maybe the offensive line has been solid. And I think that, the, that as the season goes on, that's one of those positions where – with time, they get a lot better. And with repetition, they get a lot better. So I'm thinking that that's going to end up working itself out here as the season goes on. But I'm definitely feeling the best that I felt about this team in a long time. Yeah, I, I mean, I tried to bring a lot of positivity to the show when I started it last year. You know, because, look, roster building, things of that nature is what I love. Um, obviously, I still have major concerns with the guy who holds the keys to the building. But look, for right now, they're one, one, and one. You can't say he's got to go. You know whether he deserves to be here. That's always a fun argument you want to have when you've had too many beers and you want to get pissed off at each <laughs> other. That's a fun argument in that way. But look, he's one, one, and one. The team looks good. Won a Thursday night game. Play a game that they pot they should win on the road. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. And you know, I do I do appreciate it because one guy we haven't brought up a, a, enough is uh, Demarius Randall, And not only has it been key with him playing the free safety position the way he is, the key is it's been able to get Jabril Peppers into a more comfortable position for him, who is a solid form tackle, form tackler. Brings, he hits well when he does it. He's able to work, you know, covering backs, covering tight ends. You know, 30 yards off the line of scrimmage is never a place Jabril Peppers should be, you know, unless he's returning a punt. And even then, we still got our fingers crossed sometimes because he gets himself into some tough situations. 
Um, but Mac, obviously, you know, you do the work over the Browns wire, but let everybody know where they can find your work at, what you got working on. And, you know, I, you guys do a fantastic job over there. Uh, everybody knows, you know, spearheaded by Jeff Risden, but you've know, got a bunch of guys who work hard for him. You know, Mac, Mac himself here who does, you know, does podcasting, does some writing, but go ahead, Mac. Yeah, uh, you guys can always find myself on Twitter at Mac Robinson CLE. I also do a few articles uh, where I'm actually working on one right now. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, three of the best Brown, or three of the Browns who improved the most with Baker Mayfield as a quarterback. But also, too, I'm the host of the Hurry Up the Browns Wire podcast as well. You guys can find that on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and Audio Boom. And so, yeah, you guys can find myself on there. And we're always trying to get as many guests as possible. I always try to do some recaps after the games. And, yeah, you guys can go ahead and check everything out on there. Subscribe and let me know what you guys think. Absolutely, guys. Mac does a great job. I had the pleasure of sitting down with him last week. Uh, and best thing is, is you know, like me, bring a little fun to it. You, know, you, you, you got you to gotta have a little fun when you're doing this, guys, because <laughs> you're talking ball. You know, if there ain't a couple of laughs, you know, what's the point of it all? But, guys, <laughs> of course. Is, exactly. Mac, I appreciate you joining here. Uh, guys, uh, the, the Locked On Browns Twitter account, go ahead, follow it. Um, I do want to say the numbers and the listeners, it's been an enormous spike. And I cannot thank you guys enough for what you've been, you know, for coming here, for recommending, for, you know, sharing, the retweets, everything. Guys, it's fantastic. I truly appreciate it. Um, Look, when I told you when I first came here over a year ago, we wanted to set this bar higher. I think we're there now. Look, it took a little longer. And for you Cleveland fans, I, you know, I'm sure it's way too long that it's been. But look... Push more chips in. Set the bar higher. Follow me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. But, guys, it's been a fun past few days being able to talk about this franchise and the success they're having. And I think there's a solid path in front of them. So, uh, let's go Browns. LGB on the LOB. We'll talk soon.